Previously on Algoa FM Breakfast. Okay, what is to be the buzzword of the decade, it would seem, is of course load shedding. ESCOM's deteriorating performance resulting in daily load shedding and tremendous losses to businesses across the country. So far, I think SA's experienced the most intensive load shedding year to date. So, yeah, as ESCOM's coal fleet continues to deteriorate, we're joined by an energy expert, not quite to the Minister of Electricity, <laughs> but an energy expert nonetheless from Solar Volts Engineering Services. We've decided to give the bro science a miss and to get someone who knows exactly what is cutting. We've invited Dr. Ross Schultz in to come and chat to us and... Um, In terms of credibility, he's way up there. He's got a degree in physics specializing in photovoltaics. What is photovoltaics, you ask? I don't know. Dr. Ross, what is it? Morning, Lee. Morning, Charlie. Thanks, Morning. thanks for being here. Yes, yeah. Um, pretty much photovoltaics, very, very large or big word, essentially um, creating electricity from sunlight. And as I say, that's very much the buzzword at the moment. Mm. We are sitting in quite a dilemma where we have lit or we, we are battling to get through day to day with our electricity and yes this is now a means for us to, in order for us to create power well, you talking, about, yeah. talking about creating power solar is the buzzword going around but before we get into that part just i mean you're an expert mm. right just how bad is the situation currently in in south africa I'm very optimistic and hoping that the, that the minister is is forecast is is true for the end of the year. Yeah. But the realist inside of me doesn't really want to look at it and say, "Wow, sure, we are sitting at, at as, as Lee said right now, 43. Yeah, I've got in front of me 43 days of load shedding so far yeah. in this year. Mm. The year is 43 days old. Yeah. Um, previously, last year, over was it 100, 157 days combined. So I would like to believe that we could. However, I think kind of the writings on the wall. One has to take the power into literally the power in their own hands mm. and find a solution for themselves, both residentially, all the way through to small business, commercially, and even on the utility scale. So photovoltaics, you say, it's essentially taking sunlight, creating voltage that can in turn create energy. Correct, yes. So it's what, what, what we call the photo effect, essentially. Yeah. So essentially you are taking photons, the light energy, yes. and converting it via semiconductor means into electricity. Where are we sitting in terms of our consumption at the moment? Typically with our consumption at the moment, um, the, 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 fleet size, the fleet size of ESCOM sh- or is advertised to be around about 52 gigawatts in size. Right now, if we look on what is projected, we are sitting at just over 23.4 me- uh, gigawatts worth of available power. Then on, then on top of that, we are using open cycle turbines to meet that load, and then obviously load shedding is kicked in in order to bring that down oh. to a, manage, a manageable um, size. What's also quite scary is that these, whenever you look at the updates, you are seeing turbines or, or, or centers going down, you know, um, and that's not taking into account those that are on maintenance, etc. Et so we should be sitting close to 40 gigawatts worth of capacity, but in reality, we are only sitting at 23. Ross, more to what you exactly do. You you work hand-in-hand uh, hand with a lot of businesses, solar businesses, so to speak. Correct. You're an advisor uh, yes. in an advisory capacity. Just tell us more about that because a lot of folk mm. um, tend to go in that direction of, well, the business of solar, um, whether it be the correct way of doing it or the incorrect <laughs> way of doing it. But um, you're the, the experts on the topic. Just, just uh, tell us. 
briefly how you advise these businesses. What does it uh, entail exactly? Yes, yeah. So as, as I said prior, and then it's, it's like at the moment, it's trying to sell ice cream in a, in a, in a, in a heat wave. Mm-hmm. Everybody yeah. is opening up a solar business. You look left, right and center um, and stand on Cape Road. You probably count four, five, six new new solar companies driving past there every day. Um, solar Vault, our entity is, or my role in Solar Vault is as a um, as a consultant as well as a systems integrator. I consult with businesses, residential, or, or all the way up to utility, mm-hmm. look at what their requirements are, let them understand those requirements, manage their expectations, and from there try and find a solution that can allow them to have on the residential side at least day-to-day normality where they can continue with their day's operation um, on the business side, allow for them to actually stay open and to function, to operate, because at, at present, businesses are losing anywhere between, or at least in the Bay, are losing anywhere between two to four hours worth of, call it billable, yeah. billable time, which is going to have a knock-on effect, yeah. as, you, as, we, as you all understand and know. And I'd imagine compliance is a keyword here as well, especially when you get involved with the businesses, because you just want to take on an overnighter, installing, doing installations and the like. So um, I'd imagine that plays a, a big role as well, doesn't it? Yes, for a for a very hot topic, which seems to be very unregulated actually in this in this in, mm. in the space, um, mm. it's a very difficult a very difficult question to answer because everybody is looking for a solution, mm. but that solution unfortunately comes with a monetary value associated with it. And everybody would like to believe that they can put something in that can solve their problem for 10 or 20,000 Rand, which unfortunately is not the case. Yeah. You need to have something that is reliable um, and has the longevity. Um, back in the day, solar was just there for reducing your monthly costs, um, yeah. it was a mechanism, a vehicle to bring down the cost of a household of a business. But now with this extent of load shedding, and I'll say for the foreseeable future, at least a couple of more years, it is now a, a, a means in order for one to actually, say, obtain normality. Mm. So you have to be realistic about it and, and, and think that, you know, this is a five or four to five year problem and a cheap solution, unfortunately, will not, will not allow for it to be fixed in that time period. Well, I mean, you mentioned twenty to 30,000 as being kind of like at the bottom of the price range, although mm. that in itself is a lot of money it for a lot of people, um, especially when it's not going to be done in the, right, in the right way. Then it becomes an even more expensive exercise. And, you know, as we say, it's, it's essentially <coughs> a grudge purchase. That's what it's become now. But um, with everyone jumping on the power installation wagon and with mm. it not being a regulated industry, what are some of the red flags that we can look out for in terms of service providers and solar or inverter installations. One of the big red flags that kind of comes to my mind is, you know, if you had a com- if you had a company that has essentially become a data company, which was in a plumber, which was in a hot water, that this kept on changing, you know, what mm. the what the data day to day operations are. I would recommend persons who are interested in putting solar to ask the questions to get an, an understanding from the suppliers or the installers. Get a bit of, get a bit of a background. Ask ask the questions and if they feel uncomfortable with the question with, with the answer of the questions seek further advice and further knowledge the more one can educate themselves in this field where people seem to be very happy just that something is placed on the roof and think that think that it works it becomes a very important aspect that one educates themselves to give you a, a quick uh, example of this a person has spent over 
call it half a million rand on a on a on a on a system last week, uh, only to find out that the system only produces thirty percent of its capacity. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, the, the, the kind of like if you go to uh, Bri, whatever, people say, oh, I want to go off the grid. I want to go off the grid. Mm. There's a cost involved to get off the grid completely. Do we need the grid? There's a very much of a, of, of, a, of a romance that everybody likes the idea of saying, oh, well, I want to go off the grid. Mm. One can go off the grid, but with that comes great monetary costs. One is you need the power, the ability to generate the power, be it from solar or from battery. And second to that, you need a way to replenish that power. Mm. So you would run your household mainly off the battery bank. But if you don't have the solar capacity to facilitate the charging and running of the day-to-day load, it becomes it becomes unviable. So there's two aspects of it. One is the monetary aspect and yeah. the other one is can my home have the faci- can facilitate the requirements to be truly off-grid? Ross, there is a question that's come through on Telegram. There are several, um, but I'm just going to ask this one. I know that your focus is on photovoltaics in you know, in terms of the sun and energy from the sun, but there's a question around wind turbines. <laughs> Nietzsche is asking... Why is nobody talking about the wind turbines? Where is that energy going? We all know that the PE is the windy city. However, with regards to what we call the micro turbines, they have different blade da- or blade topologies that is very much specific to the wind that we have in specific areas. The bay, unfortunately, is very has a very buffering wind. So most of the time, the energy that's generated is obviously used, but also what we call the, the, the system is hunting, hunting, mm. essentially looking for the wind in order to, to, um, to generate. Also, what's important here is in order for these turbines to go up in residential areas, you would require the, the residents, your neighbors, to essentially be okay with it and sign yeah. it off because they can make quite a loud noise. And they're enormous, enormous structures. Well, the, the, the normal micro turbines are about three about two meters in, in, okay, in, so in diameter are, okay. but, but not 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 the ones that you see out towards towards yes. Kucha and that yes yeah well ross i see loads and loads of questions coming through on telegram i think uh, we need to invite you back into studio Absolutely. a lot of uh, folk wanting more information be pointed in the right direction i think for now we'll leave it at that we're not basically finished with we're you. going we to invite you back, back. You, yes. we're going to because i mean it's a relevant <laughs> issue yeah. it's topical um and it's all of our lived experience so we need to have you back if you don't mind we've got a couple of experts that we bring in you know around legal issues around traffic issues and so it only makes sense that we have someone here to come and chat to us about electricity issues especially with an investment like this people want to know where they're going to put their money and uh, the best use of it Ross Schultz, energy expert. Uh, well, let's see when we'll invite him back in studio. I think uh, more and more questions coming through. I think it'll be very soon, actually. Yeah, and yeah. a very credible one at that, specializing physics, specializing in photovoltaics. Ross Schultz, energy expert from Solar Volt Engineering Services. Algoa FM Breakfast is the business.